Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. We're going to continue the series today. I'm only going to mention the word ethos or ethos, however you want to pronounce it. Um, once I listened to uh, last week's message and um, on online, and I thought, "Oh my lands! How many?" I used that word so many times that it almost took over the message, and I don't want that to happen. Um, so we're going to kind of limit. Who knows what uh, what series we're in? <laughs> Anybody? When, um, when I was a kid, I, I've always had this thing, uh, I've always had this tendency, this thing about me that wants to know why what you see works. And there's an understanding that with everything you see that's working, there's something you can't see that's causing it. Does that make sense? So when I was a kid, mom said I used to go through the house taking the doorknobs off. And... The reason for that, and I used to like take toasters, you know, tear up, tear apart appliances and all kind of, because I realized that, okay, there's a doorknob and it turns and it's doing something, but I want to know why it's doing that. I want to see the invisible part of this thing that's causing the visible to happen. And that's always been kind of a part of the way I think. And then the Lord took that and put me into a spiritual perspective where the, that way of thinking is still there. And that is when we look out and we see actions, we see behaviors, we see attitudes, there's something underlying. There's something invisible that's causing the visible action. That invisible thing is the ethos. That is the spirit, the character, the beliefs the the things that we value that are inside that cause an outward action or an outward behavior. You can only change outward actions and outward behaviors if you change the invisible part that you can't see what's on the inside, the inner workings. There was that became so apparent to me from a spiritual perspective when I looked at my life before Jesus and after Jesus. I know what was working in me through my teen years and um, up, up to 20, I guess 20 years old, what was working in me, the invisible part that was producing actions and behaviors that were not nice, not, not good. And when Jesus came into my life, suddenly those outward behaviors and actions changed. And what changed it was not that I had decided I was going to turn over a new leaf. It was not that I decided I was going to do something better now. I was going to be a good person now. That wasn't it. It was that what was inside of me now was producing something different. The, the Holy Spirit now in my ethos, the Holy Spirit now working in me, was producing something different out of me, and, and it just happened. Are you tracking with me? 
It just happened. It's not anything that has to be forced. All you have to do is get along with the Lord, walk with the Lord, get to know him. And the more you get to know him, the more the things that, the, that, are, that are valuable to him begin to come out of you without a ton of effort. The effort is in, is in learning to walk with the Lord, rest in the Lord, getting to know him, letting your love relationship with him go deeper and deeper and deeper. And when that happens, the other stuff, it's going to happen. It's like a, a tree. Remember, remember the, the parable of, of the, uh, the owner of a vineyard who came and said, I think I want, to, I want that tree cut down. It's been here for three years or whatever, and it's not produced any fruit. And the manager said, let me dig around it. What he was saying, let me dig around it, let me take care, let me try to do something with this root system. If I can get, if I can deal with what's under the ground and get what's under the ground healthy, then what's on the outside is going to produce fruit. Does that make sense? The thing with us is if, if, we, if the, there's not an ethos change, then what's on the outside is going to continually be produced. And we're going to try to set up some rules and we'll try to do a few things different, but there's no power to see that carried out over, over the long haul, over the long term. Doesn't mean you're never going to make a mistake. Doesn't mean you're not going to fail at times. What does mean is that you will consistently do the right thing. You'll consistently do the good thing. You'll consistently produce what it is the Holy Spirit wants through your life. And the more mature you get in your relationship, your walk with the Lord, the more consistent you get in that, and the more it's driven by love. That's really important. The more it's driven by love. Paul was compelled to do the right thing, not because he wanted the benefits that came with it, because he was totally in love with Jesus Christ. And when you're totally in love with him, the other, you do the other things, but you don't do them for selfish reasons. You do the other things. You don't do them out of, man, out of manipulation or trying to manipulate people. You do it because you love Jesus. And today we're going to talk about the ethos of honor in the kingdom of God. The ethos of honor in the kingdom. Honor should come from inside of us. Honor comes from inside because of a relationship with Jesus Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and you cannot love without honor. And we're told to love, aren't we? And we're also told to honor. And so we're going to talk about honor today. I don't know how far we're going to get, but we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about honor. Let me, let's look at the, the definition of honor so we make sure we're all on the same page. One of the difficult things sometimes... Um, from a pastoral perspective, especially in a church like ours, because we have people from all, all different backgrounds and all different church backgrounds, denominational backgrounds, and some no background, church background or whatever. So I can say a word, and when I say this particular word, I know what I mean by that word. But there may be 20 different ideas of what that word means when I say a certain word. If I use the word church, some of you automatically think of a building. Some of you, because that's kind of the way you were raised up. Others of you say, no, it's not a building, it's a people. So if we don't know the definition we're working off of, we're all going to be, end up on different pages. So let's work off of this definition for honor. Honor, high respect, great esteem, 
and placing value, place a high value on something. And we place a high value on humanity. Why? To get what we need out of them or because Jesus placed a high value on them. We place a high value on them because there are people that I wouldn't place a high value if it was just up to me. There are people I'd say, man, this is a clearance sale right here. If you can get a penny out of them, it'd be, you'd be stretching it. But Jesus places a high value. It doesn't matter how I value somebody. I have to value them or, or treat them with the value that Jesus has put on them. And so that is how we're going we're gonna to work this thing through. We're going we're gonna to watch and look and see what honor looks like. And we're going to go to a verse that we used last week. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 11, or chapter 13, verse 44. Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like what? Treasure what? Like treasure hidden. Where is it hidden? The kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, now we're going to find out that he must have been looking for it. He wasn't just walking through a field and accidentally tripped over it. He was actually searching for a treasure here, and, we're, and I'll show you how we know that. When a man found it, he hid it again. You can only do something again if you've already done it the first time, right? That's not again. He would have just said he hid it. But he says he hid it again, which means it was hidden in the first place. And the man went into the field, and he looked into the field. He searched the field until he found something that was hidden. He realized this is an awesome treasure, and then he hid it again. And then he went away, and what did he do? This is absolutely awesome. And then in his joy went away and sold all that he had, and he bought that field. It was worth everything he had to have that field. There's absolutely nothing in his life that was worth more than having that field. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then everything you need is going to be added. There's nothing more valuable, more important in this life than us having the treasure that's in the field, and the treasure is Jesus. Amen. Is that right? The treasure is Jesus. So here's what I'm looking at. I'm going to give you some, a couple things that you can write down for the writer-downers. Number one, the extraordinary treasure of the kingdom or treasures of the kingdom are hidden in the ordinary. The extraordinary treasures in the kingdom are hidden in the ordinary. This guy walks by and there is a field. It's just a field. There's lots of fields out there. But he began to search in this field, just an ordinary field. Trees just like any other field, dirt mounds like any other field, whatever it looked like, it was just ordinary. But what was extraordinary was hidden in the field. But until he was able to see past the ordinary, he could have never gotten the ordinary. Now, let's look at it like this. I remember, and this may kind of explain a little bit, um, and we're going to look at Jesus here, but a deacon, a, a tactless deacon, had a huge impact on my life when I was probably 22 years old. But I remember preaching in this one church. And uh, man, I preached and the little old ladies were all shouting. And I mean, you know, if you're a young guy and all the little old ladies are shouting, you know you nailed it. You know what I'm saying? 
I mean, when I was young, I didn't have to beg for amens. When you get 57, you got about to got to pay for them to get them. But when I, was, when I was 21, 22 years old, I didn't have to because I was young and everybody wanted to encourage the, the young preacher. See, you are afraid if you encourage me too much, I'm going to keep preaching longer and longer. They thought he's probably got about 10 minutes in him. If he can get 10 minutes, maybe if we amen him, he, he can get 12 minutes into this message here. And so I was, I was doing what I, what I did everywhere I went, every church I went to that was invited to do it. I just did that thing. And so I was leaving and all, you know, y'all, that was great, 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 great message. Oh, just inspiring, you know, how people do. And you can't believe that stuff. But um, people, church people will lie to you. And uh, so I was standing at the door uh, as we were going out. All the people left, and I was feeling pretty good at that moment. And that was after years of church people beating the crap out of me to the point that there's not an ounce of pride left in me now. Um, but that was before then. I was thinking, man, okay, thank you, Lord Jesus. We, just, we did it. We did it. And this deacon standing at the door comes up to me, and he said, he said bud, and that, he said, don't pay attention to what they told you. He said, it wasn't that good. <laughs> Did you not hear those little old ladies? And then he proceeded to tell me, he said, I've heard you a few times. And he said, you say the same thing every time. He said, you're giving your testimony, and your testimony is, often, is, is awesome. Thankful for your testimony. Thankful Jesus brought you out of what he brought you out of and brought you in. He said, but when somebody invites you to preach, preach the word. And he said, you're going to have to study. And I said, thank you. And then I kind of thought, this guy don't even know what he's talking about. And so I walked out to the car. And on the way out there, it was just like I knew I knew he was right. And I sat down in my car, and I wanted, here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do what most Christian people do. Call everybody you know and say, do you know what he said to me? Do you know what that preacher said this morning? I can't believe that preacher said that this morning. I wanted to do what a lot of people do. But here's what I learned a long time ago. If you want to grow, you can't be a whiny baby. If you want to grow, <laughs> whiny baby, if you want to grow, you've got to be willing to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And I sat down in the car and I just, I said, Lord, he's right, isn't he? And the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and he said, yeah. He said, we're on a new journey. If it had not been for that moment, I saw this field, this common ordinary field of a human being. There was a treasure wrapped up in that field that God had for me. But had I just completely rejected the field, I would have never seen the treasure. Does that make sense?
Had I said he's a tactless deacon, don't care much about this deacon, and so because of that, I'm, I'm, I don't even want to be around that field. I don't want anything that field has to offer. I could have walked away and told everybody, I don't like that field. He's a mean field. He's a terrible field. There's nothing in that field. That field ain't a loving field. But what I did was walk away realizing that God wrapped up a treasure in that field, and I had to go into that field, and I had to show honor to the field to get the treasure that God had for me. Does that make sense? Do you know the reason a lot of us are not able to penetrate this culture? We're not able to penetrate the culture because we don't honor. And if you don't honor, and, and are we not in a world that where, where dishonor and disrespect is the mood of our society today? Now, that sounds bad. But in reality, do you know what an opportunity that is for the body of Christ, if we go into a world that doesn't know honor, where the rude is the mood, and where everybody out there seems to be wanting to dishonor somebody or something, and we go out there and we just begin to show honor? Man, do you know what a door that opens up for us to be able to minister to a people that otherwise would not be? When I hear people talk about, man, it's just, I tell you, it seems like darkness is taking over. And I'm thinking, that's not a bad thing because the darker the dark, the lighter the light shines. Have you ever noticed that? We fret about things, forgetting about who we are and what's on the inside of us. Jesus, let me read this passage uh, in Matthew chapter 6, and this just kind of shows you what happens when honor is not given. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were amazed. Where'd this man get these things? Now, they knew this man. I mean, little old lady down the street probably sat in the rocking chair that Jesus made when he's doing his carpentry work. They knew him. Where did where, this man get these things, they ask? What is this wisdom that has been given him? What are the remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? You tracking with me so far? What are they focusing on? The field. They're focusing on the common. They're focusing on the ordinary body that Jesus is living in. They're missing the treasure inside. And so he goes on to say, is this the carbon? Is this Mary's son and the brother of Jesus, Joseph, Judas, Simon? Aren't, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to him, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and in, in, uh, in his home. He could not do any miracles. Listen to this. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands. <laughs> I love this. They were looking at this as a Debbie Downer moment. Ah, oh, he couldn't do any miracles. Ah, except lay hands on a few people and a few sick people and heal them. <laughs> Wouldn't we love to see one? But it was so common then that, that where Jesus was, that, that there were so many miracles that happened, they were shocked when there were only a few. He was amazed at their lack of faith, and Jesus went on his way teaching from village to village. What happened? They didn't honor him. They did not honor Jesus. To this day, Israel does not honor Jesus. 
Why? Because he didn't come. He didn't look like what they expected. His field, his common, his ordinary, the dirt that the treasure is in wasn't very enticing. Listen to this, and you all don't have this one because I just, I just thought of this one down here a few minutes ago. Isaiah 53, who has believed our message? And here we're talking, going into a prophecy about Jesus and to whom his arm of uh, the Lord has been revealed. Listen to this. He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. Listen to this. He had no beauty or majesty, or, or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. That was a prophecy of Jesus. Saying there's absolutely nothing in his appearance that would cause you to look at him and say, this is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. This is God incarnate in human flesh. This man is, is extraordinary. He's supernatural. He's something more. No, they said there's absolutely nothing about him when you look at him that would make you think that there is anything special about him. But listen to what they missed. He was despised, rejected of mankind, a man of suffering, familiar with pain, uh, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and, and held in low esteem. Surely he took up, took, now listen to this. This is what he came to do. If you can see past the field, if you can see past the ordinary, if you can see past this outside thing, Surely he took our pain, bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken him, afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Healing was wrapped up in the ordinary. Your deliverance wrapped up in the ordinary. Most, or none of us here had to deal with seeing the ordinary Jesus, the physical body of Jesus. So we didn't have to struggle with that. We've accepted him and, and trusted in the one that, that we know died for us on a cross, right? But I think here's the situation. We got to know that even in human beings, how does God work today? How many... I mean, how many of you, has he, come, has he come down and walked around the house with you and talked to you? Haven't you most of the time when you've been encouraged, it's been through a child of God? When you've been lifted up through a child of God? It's, some, it's a treasure hidden in somebody. And if we reject the ordinary, we're going to miss the treasure. Think about David. David's own family saw no treasure in him. His dad, don't we all want to feel like our dads think we're special? I mean, whether we're good or not, we just want to hear our dad say, man, that was awesome. And nobody can fumble a ball like you, boy. I mean, just find something good. David's dad didn't see anything special in him. David's brothers didn't see anything special in him. The prophet went to David's house under the, under the direction of God to go there and anoint the next king. Israel had chosen a king, but they chose the king because of what the field looked like. Is anybody tracking with me? They chose the field, because, or they chose the king because, which king? Saul. King Saul. He was probably 6'6". Six, six. Probably, he, probably he probably looked just like Aaron. People looked at him and thought, man, that guy, 
We want him for a king. Big old, big, big, big handsome man. Big handsome man, just like Aaron. Big old handsome man. Got them guns right there. This is my bodyguard. They looked at him and said, you know what? He looks like a king. They looked at the field. But what they got was something lacking in treasure. Because the focus on the field. When David came along, they looked at David and said, he's you know, just a kind of little ruddy guy, nothing special about him. He, he's not been to war. He's not done anything like that. He's just been out taking care of the sheep. Yet that was God's choice. God put the treasure of the next king wrapped up in someone who looked absolutely nothing like the king. He went out, he took care of the sheep, killed a bear, killed a lion. He did a few things. To me, that's pretty big. But he did a few things. What was he doing? He was in preparation. God was preparing him. God was taking that treasure that he had put inside of him. And because of the honor, listen to me, because of David's honor, he was an honorable person. Because of his honor, he didn't go out there with the sheep and say, you know what? Dad, Dad's not watching. I'm going to sneak off with my girlfriend, leave the sheep. They'll be okay. He wasn't sitting up on the hill on Facebook. Anybody with me? What was he doing? He was showing honor to his father. He was showing honor to, if you, if you will have it, to his employer. He was showing honor by doing what he was asked to do, what he was commissioned to do, what his mission was, and he was showing honor by doing it and not half-hearted doing it. He was showing honor to who? He was showing honor to God. He was showing honor to his Father, yes, but ultimately when we honor, we're honoring for Christ's sake. Does that make sense? And so David... Nobody, not even his family, but there was a treasure inside him. There's a treasure inside of you. I think sometimes we just have to shut up long enough to listen to people to find it. And, and shutting, shutting up and listening to people is a way of honoring. Do you know the reason we're in such a condition in this society and the reason racism is so rampant and the reason hate and political hatred is so rampant? Because we all want to run our mouth, but nobody wants to shut up long enough to listen to what the other person has to say. Amen. You don't have to agree with them. Just honor enough to say, I'm listening. And while they're talking, don't be sitting there thinking of all you're going to say. Listen, that's why husbands, I mean, that's why... <clears throat> That's why husbands get in trouble because their wives are sitting there thinking about what they're going to say when in the argument. You said preach it. <laughs> I had to switch gears there just for a minute. <laughs> yes, help him. Help him. Help him, Jesus. Got to get Honor in every part of life. Has, has to happen if we're going to experience all that God has for us. They almost missed a king because they 
focused on the field and they didn't see the treasure in the field. They, they missed the Messiah because, and some of them didn't, thank God, but many missed the Messiah because they could not get their eyes off the field, off the ordinary, off the common, off the natural, to realize that there's a supernatural treasure inside of there. And many of us are missing the treasures that God has for us for the next step and the next blessings because we choose not to honor and we choose to focus on the field. Um, Joyce Meyer, and, and some of you heard me tell this, Joyce Meyer, I remember the first time I heard her, I could not listen to her. Andrew Womack, first time I heard him, could not listen to him. And uh, for Andrew, I thought, this is the most boring man I ever heard in my life. I just can't handle this. For Joyce, it was the voice. I, could, I mean, her voice irritated me. Oh, we're good friends now. She called me the other day and was telling me, I was telling her about this story. And her voice irritated me. And so I just turned it off. I turned channels. I'd move on. I, so I paid no attention. But then over the years, as I started to mature a little bit, began to realize, you know what? God's wrapping up a lot of sweet treasures in, in, in fields that I've been walking by. And when I'm looking at that field and I don't like the tree on that field, I'm just going to keep on going. And I begin to realize that in the natural, I've got to get past the natural. I've got to get past the common. I've got to get past the ordinary. If I'm going to be able to see the treasure that God has for me that will help me and impact my life in the kingdom. Are you all tracking with me? And so I begin to listen to her. Not, and I think that's why Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I think he's saying, you know what? There's a part where you're hearing, but if you really want to get the treasure, you got to go to another level of hearing. Some people are going to hear. Sometimes, I'm, I, sometimes I wonder when I, hear, when I hear things that some people say, I'm thinking, you've been in this church how long? And you're, you still view God that way? How does that happen? And then I realize some people just hear, but they don't hear. Some people come and just sit and hear, but they don't hear. But the ones that hear at a different level get, get a revelation of what it is that God wants them to see, what God wants them to, to, to get, to take home. So I begin to listen to her, and suddenly I begin to realize, wow, God, you had some treasures for me that would help mature me that I chose not to hear a long time ago. Andrew Womack, brilliant teacher. Carl and I have been blessed by his ministry, and we, you know, we've, we've been some conferences that he's been at. Um, and I got past the boring, and I thought, I'm going to listen. And I started listening. And I thought, man, that's good. That's good. He may not be a T.D. Jakes. I can listen to T.D. Jakes all day long. He ain't a boring bone in his body but I also realize that there's some other people I need to listen to. And that's why some people in the church, that's why we don't grow. That's, sometimes it's why we don't mature is because we've picked and choose the fields that we're going to look at. And we look at the field. That's the reason some of you are not, you, you're, you're, some of you have, whoa, 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 whoa. Do, I, do I do this? <laughs> in relationships, 
if, if you're only looking at the field during the dating years and you're not looking to see what kind of treasure's there when you get married, you may discover that you just bought a field that has no treasure in it. You tracking with me? You may start to look, because the treasure is Jesus, right? Am I right about that? Is the treasure Jesus? The treasure is Jesus, the king of the kingdom. And his kingdom is a part of that treasure. And you may look at the outside and say, that is one. I'm telling you, that's one of the best looking men I've ever seen in my life. That's what Carla said back, what, how many years ago? Huh? <laughs> the Lord struck her with blindness just for a few minutes till, till I was able to get her to marry me. Scales fell off of her eyes and she said, <laughs> who are you? And what'd you do with my husband? Um, if you only focus, how many of you have ever, how many of you have ever seen people who are beautiful on the outside until they open their mouth? Anybody know what I'm talking about? The field, man, that is one sweet looking field right there. And everybody's standing around. Looking at that field, and all I'm talking about, well, that's a field right there, man. I'm telling you, that is a field. And then suddenly, that f the, the mouth opens. And it's like, oh. And I'm not talking about bad breath. I'm talking about bad character. I'm talking about a lack of values. I'm talking about, you, you see where I'm getting? I'm talking about a selfishness that's beyond in relationships, and I'm saying this for, for, for all of us, anybody needs it? Do not get married because of what you see on the outside. Find the treasure if it's there. If it's not, go find another field. That's for somebody. Just kind of drop that right in your lap just for a minute. God wants to bless us in every area of our life, and, I, and I'm not, I've got to... Three other points <laughs> that I'm not going to get to, Bobby. So let me just, let me do it like this. This is for home. We can't impact that culture until we get it right at home. Am I right? And I'm, when I'm saying home, I'm talking about this house. I'm not talking about your house, though, though if you honor your wife, I'm telling you, it'll make a difference in your marriage. If you honor your husband, it will change your marriage. You know what? Chris and I would never have to do another counseling session. Not another marriage counseling session. If every woman honored her husband and every wife, wait a minute, you know, and the other way around. Never have to happen. Why? Because what you're going to be doing is looking past the outside. See, here's, here's the dirt that Carla has to deal with. She knows the treasure she's got, don't you? But do you know what she has to do to be able to get to the treasure? She has to look b beyond my messiness. Is there not a place that the underwear can go except there in the middle of the floor? <laughs> the dresser, a total mess. I can mess up some stuff, but I, but I also have cleaned it up, don't I? Can't handle it long. I can mess it up because it's my mess, but I can't handle it long. And after a couple of weeks of that mess, I've got to clean it up and start messing up all over again. 
Carla has to deal with that dirt, that ordinary, that common. But I hope that the treasure she has is, is me loving her and honoring her more than anybody else ever, ever could. I want to love her in so many ways that she wouldn't even need to ever think about another man. Honor. We got to find the honor in each other. It's got to start here at home. We've lost so many pastors, and I'm just speaking from my heart for a minute. We've lost so many pastors in this country because we haven't honored. Now, what we've done, what appears to be honor, which in reality is not honor. We've watched people put men on a pedestal. And, and we have put them so high on a pedestal that, that they're sitting on the throne of Jesus. But when they fall, because a man cannot do that. When they fall, then we crucify them. When they fall, we kick them and we beat them and we, and we throw them out. And I, don't, I can't believe you did that. And I can't believe, and I can't, and what, and I, what if I thought you loved Jesus. And we, we put them in a whole different category. Let me tell you something. They're an ordinary field and there's a treasure in that field. But if we just beat up and dig up and tear up on the field, we'll never get the treasure. And even when the field messes up, doesn't mean the treasure's not there anymore. Do you know how many men and women we would still have in ministry had we loved them and had we realized, hey, we knew when we got the field, it's a common field. We're, we realize that dirt's dirt. And it, there's going to be some things happen and there's going to be some problems and you're going to mess up some. But what we want you to know is, is that we're going to be there to try to help you fix your, 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 your ordinary and your common because there's a treasure inside of you and that treasure doesn't leave when you mess up. Healing. That's what we have to do when we go out and find the one. But how many churches go out and find the one that's lost and bring them in and destroy them because nobody within the church honors each other? Honor's huge, guys. I'm going to talk to you next week about what happens when we honor and go into the culture. And God's created this thing in such a way that the benefits are huge. But I want to land on this one and, let's, and I want us to pray. Honor, honor has to start here. We are the ones that should have the ethos of honor coming through our life. And when it's an ethos, we can give it to our husband, we can give it to our wife, we can give it to our parents, we can give it to our kids, we can give it to people out there. I'm going to read these two verses, not even going to really talk about them, and then we're going to, we're going to pray. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Y'all with me? 1 Peter 2, 17, honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Listen to this, honor the emperor, not the nice one, not the one that has, doesn't have a foul mouth, not the one that doesn't know how to stay off of Twitter, honor the emperor. Listen to this, servants be subject to your masters with all respect. Now here I want you to grab this, not only to the good and the gentle ones, but also to the unjust ones. 
He said, you don't choose who you're going to honor by whether they're good to you or bad to you. You just honor. You just honor. Mm. Titus 3, 1 through 3, remind the people to be subject to the rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always gentle toward everyone. And he's talking here, not just in the body, he's talking about out there. And at one time, he said, we were all foolish as well, disobedient, deceived, enslaved, but all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated among all, but Jesus changed our life. He's saying before you, before you look at someone and say, I can't value that person, I can't honor them, rewind back to your life before Jesus came in and turned your life upside down, gave you life instead of death, put inside of you love instead of hate, put inside of you peace instead of chaos. Think back to that point, and it was Jesus that did it. It was Jesus that did it. And the same Jesus that did that in your life needs the opportunity to do it in somebody else's life. Father, we give you praise. Lord, we choose to honor. Lord, you love us. We love you and we honor you. Lord, we want to obey you and walk in that honor and we want to walk into this culture with a different ethos. One that will break open a culture and give us a voice to begin to share the message of the good news, the gospel, And when we go, help us bring the one back. To lead them into a growing relationship with you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go honor. Let's go honor somebody. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.